Hello everyone and welcome to Activism Through Art. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Activism Through Art. I am your host, Alyssa Locke, and today I have the lovely Jake Bachman. He does marketing and so I hope you all enjoy. Okay, Jake, so just to kind of start off as a little bit of base, you know, what was your life like, you know, growing up? Well, I grew up uh, with a single mother in Grand Terrace, California, and um, she worked very hard to make sure that, you know, we, she instilled a good sense of love and kindness in us. I grew up with my brother as well, who also turned out really intelligent and, and, and nice and sweet. Um, although we are kind of polar opposites because I'm much more extroverted and he's super introverted. Um, and yeah, I mean, I just grew up in, in the time in the 90s before the internet, before social media, where we would go outside to play. I don't know if kids still do that these days. <laughs> Um, but it was like, rather than like being inside, we, it was every single day was going outside and playing. And so you got to know your neighbors and you got to meet, you know, a diverse group of of friends and, and growing up, I just always had a wide range of, of friends ranging in, in diversity, ethnicity, um, back then it wasn't as, uh, you know, uh, open, people weren't as open about gender equality and, and sexuality and stuff like that. I think it's a much different world we're in now. So that stuff wasn't really stuff that we talked about, but I'm sure all that stuff was at play back then as well. Uh, I don't think kids really play outside too much anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I know that I'm usually just on my phone, but I mean, I read sometimes, so at least I'm not... <laughs> completely brain dead (laughs) so what is like your main form of art because you know there are so many out there so many things can be considered art so what is your main form well my profession is in marketing so a lot of what I do in marketing is really communication communication based storytelling messaging figuring out a way to communicate to the world what our business is trying to convey, right? What is our product? What is our uh, service that we're providing? And so different ways that I've learned how in in terms of art form, and I've learned how to convey those types of messages is through social media. So photography is a big one. I'm very, I have, I have a couple different cameras um, that I recently just got into actually over the past like year, like really actually more professional type photography before it was always just the phone, right? Also graphic design is another way that I um, express myself through art. Um, it's so funny because growing up, our other best friend, so it was me, Elaine and Alexis, um, she was super into art. She was she could pick up a pencil and just draw literally anything. Um, and then she became into graphic design. And I always thought because I wasn't good at drawing that like I wouldn't be good at graphic design either or, or because my best friend was doing that art form that like it was not something that I was I should do or I could do or I didn't want to imitate her or copy her. And so I actually deprived myself of like learning that art form for such a long time because I felt like I was trying to follow in her shadow when in actuality I learned I should do what makes me happy. And I 
the one way that I found that that made me happy is that I could sit and, and start designing flyers, for instance, or posters, or just read, you know, various creative um, designs. And I would get lost in it. And I, next thing I know, it's like three hours later. And I'm like, oh, like I literally just spent three hours working on this and it didn't really feel like work. So um, I think I'm, I definitely, uh, what's the word? I think I definitely relate more with the creative side of work versus like the administrative type of stuff. So yeah, those are my art forms, I think. Yeah, I think I definitely relate more to the, um creative sides like I've always told myself that I like absolutely absolutely positively do not want a desk job just because like I would not be able to function well <laughs> so then well what made you like go into marketing and actually like pursue it as a career it's funny because I when I entered college I actually started as a biology major um and it took me about two quarters to realize that that was not a profession for me. Um, I think I did it because it sounded like the right thing to do. I honestly, looking back at like my career path or like my choice um, or my major choice going into college, I think a lot of it was just like throwing a dart at a dartboard and whatever it landed on was like, okay, that sounds like a good idea. Um, and when I showed up and I saw like how much fun a lot of the business majors were having, <laughs> AKA they didn't have to go to all these crazy labs and do all of this extra work. So I basically switched because I thought it's going to be easier was my, was my main point of, of choosing. Um, and I was right. It was easier, but it was such a different environment. It was such a different sort of world. And so I started off in business and what ended up happening is, you know, with business, it's such a broad subject or a broad topic, right? Like you could be an entrepreneur, you could work in finance, you could work in marketing, you could work in HR. Like there's so many different places for someone who's interested in business, so many different niches. And marketing just seemed the most fun. It seemed like the one where you really could put your creativity to the test and you could actually, you know, create and design things to tell a story about your business or about a service that you're providing. So that's kind of how I got into that. And I remember originally um, wanting to do market research was my, my first idea for, for marketing. And basically that's where you go out and you survey consumers and you figure out like what do people want what do what are people looking for you do like testing of products you do like sample um uh what do they call those group surveys and you know those one you see those commercials and stuff where they have everybody sitting around a table and then there's somebody watching from like a two-way mirror and somebody's asking them questions kind of like stuff like that now you know you get a lot more information because the internet is so vast and you can get not only can you track people's information, which is a little scary, um, but you can actually send people surveys and questionnaires and stuff, which makes marketing research easier. But I found out that I really am more on the creative side. And I like designing and, and building stuff. And and I, did, I do actually like, I think I missed an art form. I do like writing as well. I think writing is a, a really great um, way to tell a story, obviously. 
Yeah, I definitely, you know, think so. Uh, but I see that, you know, business came with its own challenges, huh? <laughs> It did. It was, it was still a, you know, I, I say it was easier because, you know, at the end of the day for me, playing or playing in business and doing the business side of things was not as challenging as biology, but like, it, you're right, it still had its challenges, especially the math part, the finance. <laughs> I hate both math and biology, so I would struggle with both, and that's why I probably won't be a biology major. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I see how you got into your art side of the spectrum. How did you get into, you know, like activism? How did you start getting involved? You know, again, like I really, I really credit my mom for just sort of being so open-minded from childhood, um, you know, hearing and seeing how she reacted to popular events or, or cultural phenomenons, you know, things happening in the world. And you look to usually your parents for how they respond is, is typically how children navigate, um, you know, which direction they'll go into. And sometimes you see your parents' response and you have the opposite reaction, right? Like you're like, you, if your parent is racist, for instance, sometimes children usually have a better social cue and they're you know they're usually more innocent and they they kind of see like well well i don't understand why you have these opinions about somebody else based off of the color of their skin or their gender or their sexuality or whatever the case is um, and i'm just lucky because when i came out as gay when i was in in high school first of all your mom was one of the first people i told and she was super supportive um, secondly my mom was extremely supportive um, so having people in my life that opened me up to being uh, or accepting me for who I am was a really instrumental um, path for me to turn into activism. And so I think I think just being around so many people who were so open minded was was really what pushed me into being an activist and and speaking out in, in, in the face of, of other people's challenges and, and adversity and standing up for what I feel is right. Yeah, I, de I definitely think family, you know, parents are your biggest, you know, role or they play a huge role into you. And I, I think that every episode I've, or every, every interview I've done, I like talk about just, I've always mentioned just how much my parents have, you know, shaped me and like the reason that I'm putting together this whole podcast is just because, you know, they've kept me informed and they've never really wanted to stunt my knowledge. They've always wanted it to grow and for me to keep learning and to keep pursuing the things that I loved. And, you know, they're going to listen back to these and just feel like, why are you talking about it so much? <laughs> but, you know, it's you true. Got, I, you got some good <laughs> ones. You, you got some good ones. Yeah. I'm, incredibly grateful and I try to use you know my knowledge to help other people because not a lot of people are as informed as I have been blessed <laughs> yeah it's very true yeah so do you think that you know you focus more on you know other social problems and you know well I mean you probably do but what are those social problems that you tend to focus more on um you know I think early on, I've always sort of been more 
like I've always used social media as a platform to share or reshare information or knowledge about different um, social issues. Um, I think that the ones that probably resonate with me the most, uh, police brutality, so um, specifically, obviously, against people of color, but I think police brutality in general and the abuse of, of police power is often something that I um, that I, I I look for spreading awareness about that one specifically. Um, LGBTQ issues. Um, I think, obviously, for myself, right, being a gay man, um, but I still have my own privileges. I'm a white cisgendered gay man, so I could walk through society and nobody would necessarily know that I'm gay, um, although sometimes I make it pretty obvious. <laughs> um, but aside from that, you know, I recognize that my privilege, that I have a privilege that lies in being a white cisgendered man. You know, I have a lot of opportunities that are given to me just based off the color of my skin and the gender that I was born with. Um, I have a lot of trans friends. And so I really identify with trans, trans rights and um, basically just the idea that people are so afraid of some, something or somebody that they do not understand. Um, and so they do everything in their power to create laws and discriminatory practices to keep them out of society. Um, and even to the point where you see people are literally killed or murdered for being trans or gay or a woman or whatever, you know, minority group or ostracized group in society that they identify with. Um, and so I, I really try to stand up for that, especially LGBTQ youth, you know, not that adults necessarily just have it any better, but children or or even just people under the age of 18 like you know they they are much more vulnerable as you know uh, a community because they don't necessarily have all the same rights already not being 18 you can't do specific things um as you're not a legal adult um and so there's a lot of things that you can't advocate for on your own um and that requires your parents or a legal guardian to do that and you know, with a lot of LGBTQ youth, their parents sometimes just don't accept them. And that's such a tragedy because then these children are taught at an early age that they're not worthy or that they're not, you know, worthy of love um, from their own parents based because of who they are. And so I, my biggest thing is to advocate for equality, um, especially in the LGBTQ um, community. Yeah, I definitely think so, especially because I feel that, you know, children who are younger um, can be seen as easily, like easily molded. And so, you know, you can warp them, you can manipulate them into thinking that, you know, something's wrong with them when it is perfectly okay to love whoever you want, to be whoever you want. And I, I it is definitely sad because I've had a lot of support from my parents especially you know when I came out as bisexual and that had you know struggles of its own of you know people saying that oh you're only going through a phase you'll pick one you know when in reality you know like I could go either I'm totally okay with that 
And, but I know a lot of friends or, or people that I'm surrounded with who don't have that support, who have to be in the closet because they know what their parents, you know, they will kick them out or, you know, they don't want them to act differently around them. And I just kind of hate that because, you know, that's a, a, a parent's role is to love their child no matter what. And just because something in them has changed, just because, you know, they've found out who they are, or they're finding who they are, doesn't mean that love should ever change in any way. I absolutely agree. (laughs) 100%. Yeah, I I definitely relate to that, especially because, you know, I am a woman of color, even if, you know, to some people, I don't look like it. My family's from Texas, but a long line. So, you know, it's always there. I've, I'm, you know, Chicana, I resonate with that. I'm a woman. I've dealt, you know, with people telling me that I need to put more thought into my appearance or, you know, just whatever, because they think that they can, you know, I've gotten comments or, or even people just being like, oh, you know, you don't, you don't look bisexual. Like, is there, like, is there a reason, like, is, am I supposed to look a certain way or act a certain way? Yeah, what's the, what's the template to look like a bisexual? I didn't know that there was one. I, I don't know that there yeah. is a template for any sexuality or, you know, or gender or whatever. So There's I, not. I, and uh, and another thing to note, which I'm sure you'll come into as you as you get older and you participate in the LGBTQ community more so, it's such a strange thing to be bisexual because, and I don't mean that because I think it's strange. The LGBTQ community has such a hard time grappling with somebody who's who's able to have both. So it's like either you're too straight for the gays or you're too gay for the straights. <laughs> and as a bisexual woman, that's something that I, I you'll probably face at some point in your life. You'll probably experience, which is so crazy because you're th- you would think being part of a community that's already oppressed or you know, marginalized that they would be accepting of people who are their own. But sadly, it's, it, you know, there's still even discrimination within, within the LGBTQ community. Yeah, I, it, it is really strange just because, you know, uh, like, it, it's, again, it's just strange, you know, when a bunch of people have been oppressed you know and you you found this community where you're said to have belonged because you know you're different and people don't like that about you you're still kind of being shoved down because they can't grapple the fact that you love both or that you love you know or even you know if you don't love either I'm sure that you know asexual people have a hard time grappling the fact that you know oh you you don't feel like sexual attraction like yeah and that's that's okay okay yeah yeah, and I um, just, re- I remembered about this. Um, there's a, a, There was a survey that was conducted and it was said that bisexual people are like, I don't remember the percentage number, but there was a huge margin that they wouldn't, they were less likely to come out just mm-hmm. because that they, you know, they liked both. So like it, it, it's a huge struggle and and you know although I, I haven't faced too much about that yet I know I definitely will and and you know that's why I kind of started this whole podcast to raise awareness to people or to tell people that what they're doing isn't okay or even just to provide security for people who you know even if you are different even if you know you are rep- rep- um, oppressed or whatever 
you know, you're, you're going to find people who are just like you, which I think I, I do really admire that you do a lot of social media work because social media is so huge and so involving that, you know, you can find anybody you need and you can help out whoever needs it. Just like a couple of clicks or a download of an app. Yeah, social media is a really, you know, it's, it's like that, um, it's like, a, it's like it could be really good and it could be really bad. You know, there's so much good to be had from it, from the internet in general, but social media specifically, like, you know, the idea of it is that you can network across the world, literally, with people, with like-minded people, um, you can spread awareness, you can enjoy art, you know, so many different things to be had through social media, but then it also has its toxic side, right? Like yeah. you have the trolls, you have people who are on there just to leave nasty comments or to harass you or to, you know, try to marginalize communities further. Um, and, you know, it's, 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 it's so interesting that, you know, it does have such a, a good use for it or the potential for good use, but at the same time can be such a dangerous place for people to exist because of the nastiness that occurs there. Um, I'm also a big advocate because I think social media, especially in this day and age, like that's, it's, it's a good first step for activism because it's a place where you can learn about new things. So you can follow different accounts. I always suggest following, you know, especially diverse group of, of people. So following activists of different um, races, different ethnicities, different genders, different gender expressions, different sexualities, all the different people of, of, of all the colors of the rainbow that you can follow and have different things to say about things and then forming your own opinions based off of the things that you hear and then you get to share that information with your followers because you can obviously repost and reshare things and then you can learn about like community activities you know when the whole sort of unrest occurred in the, the I want to say last year but it, last year it was technically 2021 in 2020 <laughs> you remember the whole George Floyd um, summer of, of social unrest and yeah. you know we got up and we went out to protest like we had some protests out here there was some protests in LA uh, I mean there was protests everywhere but that was the moment where I realized that it's more than just social media you know, it's, you, you, you know, you can see so much stuff online, but until you see the vast number of people that show up to march down a street in honor of somebody's name or just in honor of a social, um, of a social issue, that is so powerful. And I went to my first protest in 2009 when the, um, the battle for gay marriage was on, it was, it was a battle, but it was it was a um, a law that was being voted on here in California, and it didn't pass then. Um, I, I think I think it, it it didn't pass for a few more years, but I went to my first rally in West Hollywood, which is like the gay capital of LA, and um, and it was just like that was one of the moments that opened up my eyes to like the idea of activism was really being out in in the moment and in, in around the community um sharing a cause for change for something that that you want to see for equal rights um in a in a community yeah i definitely think 
you know, uh, that one protest. I don't even remember when it was. I don't remember what the protest was about, but I just remember, you know, staying up and painting on those signs and then just standing and walking with everybody. And again, I felt like that was my first big, like, rush. Like this, you know, all these people have come and united for this single cause because they all care so much about it. And that was when I really was like, these, you know, these are my people, you know, they all care so much about something. They're so passionate about this that they're willing to, you know, take away time from their Saturday because, and it doesn't even matter to them because they, they care about this subject and they, it matters to them and they want to see that change happen. And I think that's definitely what I admire is that, you know, because, you know, so many people can have an opinion. You can say what you want. You know, you could, you know, say hurtful things. You can say positive things. But if you're not going to try to make that change, then you're kind of just standing to the side like everyone else who is. Totally. <laughs> um, yeah, that was, that was a whole flip to the activism. But back to the art side, uh, I did not... Uh, put these questions into a good order <laughs> um, okay. so you did talk a little bit about why you you know you liked digital uh, you know digital art and stuff uh, why do you like you know doing photography or you know why did you like you know doing writing so photography I've, I've kind of always been into photography but I've never really I never really took it super seriously um, in 2020, when COVID started happening, I was put on furlough at work. So I was basically not fired or not laid off, but they were like, we can't afford to keep you on right now, but we're not going to let you go. So you can go home, you know, for it literally lasted about three months. And, and to me, I was like, I'm not going to wait around for them to bring me back in the event that they don't bring me back i need to have something ready to go just in case so i invested in some camera equipment and i started doing real estate photography and so i was going into um you know basically homes that were going to be for sale for by real estate agents and taking photos of the homes um, and my grandpa actually did that um, that was his career his profession um, for many years and it was kind of by chance because I didn't, when I did it, I didn't, wasn't even really thinking about him. So that's just goes to show how like your, your family's influence plays such a big part in your life. Sometimes so subconsciously that like you literally pick up their career and start to do it <laughs> and you don't even realize it. <laughs> um, and so I started doing it. I remember one day my mom was like, wow, you're following in your grandpa's footsteps. And I was like, Oh, I guess I am. <laughs> That's a weird random coincidence. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because I think that at the end of the day, like there was some influence there that I just maybe never realized. Um, and so, but I really did like it. I really did enjoy it. I love, I like the challenge of creating the perfect image. I like um, learning more about, you know, creating the perfect composition, getting the photos to look just right, learning how to edit photos so that, you know, you can touch them up and make them look perfect or pretty, um, it, 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 which, which is kind of bad for real estate photography because you're supposed <laughs> to sell it, but, you know, you don't want to catfish them on the house. <laughs> <laughs> 
you want them to, to see the house as it really is. Um, so that's kind of the idea there. But I like to do, um, now that I work in the hospitality industry, which is for um, restaurants and bars, um, I do a lot of food photography now, which is kind of fun. Um, I like doing any photography that doesn't involve people because the food and the and the and the the real estate they don't talk back to me. <laughs> <laughs> they don't complain or anything. <laughs> they don't complain. They don't move. They just sit there and they exist. And so, like, I get to like you know set it up exactly how I want, and I don't have to worry about you know other people or or getting the right photo for a person. So, um, but yeah, I've always really liked I've always really liked photography, and then with writing. Um, I feel like I I was I, I did like writing it when I was in school. And then as I got older um, and started to have to like write for, I think it was when I was applying for like a grad school that I never ended up actually going to. <laughs> I was writing these sort of like application letters or these sort of stories. And the app, the application person or whatever you call them, the admissions person was like, you have incredible writing skills. And I was like, oh, I didn't think that they were that great, but I'll take it. And so <laughs> I learned pretty quickly that, you know, I do have a little a, a skill set in writing and how how easy or, or not easy, but how 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 good that translated into my career, being able to create a caption even just on social media, right? Like that requires writing skills. You're not writing a whole essay, but you still have to come up with something creative and something catchy and something that will interest people and tell the story that you want to tell. Um, yeah, I just find that stuff to be really fun. Yeah. yeah, I definitely think, you know, even something as simple as writing a caption for Instagram, you always want to make it sound cool or witty so you get people's attention. <laughs> it's funny, I feel like people people get on Instagram, they're ready to post and they'll spend like 20 minutes thinking of like what they want to write before they actually post it. Yeah. And I'm guilty. I'm guilty of that. <laughs> Me too. I like recently just like archived all my posts. I wanted to kind of start over and build like a theme. But like even before I'd have to be like, okay, what do I, what can I say that relates to what I'm doing in the pictures? But yep. question Anyone for the... To be Go ahead. Perfect. <laughs> I was going to say for the food photography, did you ever like have to use those food hacks to make them look nicer or, you know, those commercial techniques or whatever? <laughs> Not yet. Um, I've only been in this job for five months, but it's not really professional photography. I do a lot of it for social media. Um, and so we, you know, especially because it's not like a McDonald's, for instance, where like <laughs> they're spending, you know, a million dollars to create an ad that goes on TV. Um, this is very low budget. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, but, you know, you still want it to look good and you want it to look enticing. You want it to look, you know, like I, I'm more along the lines of like, I want it to look like how it's going to look when somebody eats it. Like I want someone to be able to see exactly what they're going to get when they come in because we, you know, the, if the food is good enough, which it, it, it is, then the, fo the photo should do it justice on its own. You know, you shouldn't need to have to do the food magic, which if we all go to McDonald's and we open up a burger, <laughs> we know it doesn't look like the one that's on the commercial. <laughs> yeah, I think people definitely get mad about it. I mean, I see those commercial, you know, and they they always look so good and so enticing and then you get it and it's all flat or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, and hey. I'll, I'll still eat it though. 
<laughs> I would too. I, I just am hungry and will eat anything. Right. But I mean, hey, if you need any food tips, I've got you. I've watched many videos of them exposing oh, nice. how they did it. <laughs> okay, I'll hit you up soon. <laughs> I, will, I will give you my words of wisdom. <laughs> okay, or maybe I'll hire you to come out and do a, a food shoot with me so you can like prep the food up so it looks all nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll, you'll have to give me some notice so I can practice. I've only seen it, but I, I'll do it. <laughs> I'll hire you for your for your um, your expertise, and you can give me the tips. Oh, thank you. Uh, hey, I'll I'll call it a vacation. <laughs> so you know, with your art and all your other forms, you know, what really kind of inspires you the most? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I take a lot of inspiration, I think, from other artists um i think i have like my own visions but what i learned early on in artistry is that there are some people who just imagine the things in their head right like they can picture exactly what they want to create and then they create it and there's a lot of there's people like me who inspire themselves by looking at other people's art and looking at what other people have created um, i'm very minimal i like minimal sort of design stuff that just looks simple and clean um not super busy not super um all over the place simple colors um i'm not i don't like super bright colors you can tell i'm like usually in all black <laughs> or like just neutral tones um like that's i'm just that's kind of how how i am that's 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 what i like i like the desert, the desert is such a, is a huge inspiration. When I moved out here to Palm Springs, I felt really at home. I like city life. So I think Palm Springs has enough city life that like it gives you that, that feel of, of a busy city, but you're also close enough to somewhere like Joshua Tree, which I love to visit. Um, if you've never been, we have to go because it's so beautiful. Um, it's a cool, it's just a cool space. Everywhere you look, looks like, an opportunity for a photo and i think for me especially with photography that's where my inspiration comes from it's literally just walking outside and just looking up at this at the sky this the sunsets that we get you know the clouds in the sky animals you know chirping about and, and existing <laughs> and and just beautiful landscapes like i love that's the kind of stuff that that inspires me i think mm. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure, you know, with photography or with, you know, painting and stuff, all you have to do really is kind of just look outside because, you know, the world's a very beautiful place. <laughs> exactly. You just have to step outside into nature. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think I definitely, when I read books, I can picture what, I, what I'm seeing and stuff. But when it comes to art, when it comes to art, I can always, you know, I envision what I'm seeing. It's just the executing part. I, I struggle a little bit. I'm, I'm touching up my skills, but, you know, <laughs> it <laughs> takes a couple there. of tries. <laughs> and it I have does. But you said, you said it was a Joshua Tree? Is that what you said? Joshua Tree National Park, yeah. Yeah, I'll definitely have to come up sometime and take a look at it. I do love 
nature and just looking around sometimes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. And sometimes it snows there, which is kind of wild. Um, it's around this time that it would do that if it does, because obviously this is when it's super cold. Um, but yeah, we'll plan a trip with your mom soon. Yeah. Woo. I'll bring my um, uh, $80 camera that I got. <laughs> Ooh, okay. I have I have a lot. I have one of those little like mini cameras. I have a Polaroid. Uh -oh. I have this one that I got at this like antique store, just, you know, and then I even use my phone. I have pictures there. <laughs> I know it's so funny. I'll have my, my fancy camera with me and then I end up just like with my phone. <laughs> I mean, it's sometimes it's just easier. You know, you got it right there. You got, you know, the multiple it's cameras. It's much easier on the for a selfie for sure. Much easier for a <sighs> selfie. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> um, but so you mentioned, you know, how you like, you know, you don't like bright colors too much when you do your art or when you do, you know, your forms or that, you know, you don't like it to be too busy. Do you think that like you definitely kind of reflect or you show yourself through, you know, your art forms? Uh, yeah, totally. I think that at the end of the day, like when somebody does art or when somebody creates art, whatever that is, what's really coming out or what's really being created is you expressing yourself through one way or another or how you see the world or how you interpret interpret the world you know it's like a a way for people to express themselves other than maybe like through just words or through talking right although you know that can be an art form too like poetry and writing and spoken word but like versus just having a conversation and saying like it's a different way for you to to express yourself and who you are and so i would say like when i especially when i create designs i think with photography it's a little bit harder to sort of identify how that really is an expression of me other than the when i look at something and i see it that's what i find to be beautiful but like especially with my designs like that reflects my style totally like when i create graphic design work i'm creating things that I personally like to see, right? Like I have full control over how I create this. So I want it to be a representative of me. Um, I want it to be simple. I want it to be balanced. I want it to look nice. I want it to be clean. Um, those are the, the types of things that I think about myself. I don't know if that's how the rest, how the world sees me, but that's how I see myself. It's how I imagine myself in my head. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think even when I imagine myself, I'm still pretty, pretty chaotic and colorful and oh. loud and bright. <laughs> yeah, that's funny that you say that because I think in my brain, like if you were to really open up my brain and see what's going on in there, it's probably a big rainbow and like <laughs> a lot of chaos, but how I push it out into the world, it comes out looking a little different. <laughs> it comes out like a cloud, just raining. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, hey, you need to have rain for a rainbow, so. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that, that is a, uh, one of my favorite quotes is that um, it's, uh, don't live your life waiting for the storm to pass. Live your life learning how to dance in the rain. 
Oh, I love that. I love yeah. the rain personally. I don't think we can get enough of it. I would love, I mean, <laughs> technically we're in a drought, so we definitely don't get enough of it, but I, I, I like the rain. I would probably say differently if I didn't live in SoCal because we, we have so much sunshine, but I, I love the rain. It's a nice excuse yeah. to be lazy and stay inside and <laughs> not do and, stuff. Yeah. yeah, I love the rain. Um, all throughout school during December, it was like cold and it was rainy and, and like there were so many puddles and me and my friends just like ran into them all. I was soaked from head to toe, but like it was just so fun having that, you know, like memory. Like I, I know I'll definitely keep that, you know, when me and my friends were just in this huge puddle, like in the back of our school, kicking around water because just why not? <laughs> I remember in, I want to say it was in high school, it could have been junior high, but I'm pretty sure it was high school, going to Disneyland with band, with your mom, and it <laughs> pouring rain. And it was actually the best time to go to Disneyland because nobody goes or less people go, so the lines are shorter. Obviously, you get wet, but <laughs> as a kid, like, you don't care, especially, like, in high school, like, you're jumping around in puddles, like, that's living young, wild, and free. So my last uh, question for you uh, would definitely be, you know, what advice do you have for any young person who's trying to become an activist or, you know, trying to get involved? Well, I think first and foremost, um, it's, it's really important that you are utilizing the resources like social media and stuff in 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 a good way um so again following different accounts and following different different pages that are providing resources and and non-biased information and you know i think also the news sources that you follow and and, and trust in um you know i think your your parents are probably good and that was the wonderful Jake Bachman. Thank you so much to everybody who tuned in and listened. I hope you all enjoyed. And don't forget to stay informed and stay active.